are listening to the iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Miss, and I'm here with my lovely co-host Ryan, and you're listening to season four of the Iterators of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which Ryan over here is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I am the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. But yeah, let's just dive straight into it, Ryan. What are we talking about today? Well, you know, Miss, that before we get into this today, we do have a little game we have to play, which is challenging you to tell me the definition of a word that is going to turn up in today's episode. Yes. Yes. So this is just an exercise in utter and complete bullshittery, which is <laughs> well, my favorite made-up word. <laughs> what if I get it right, though? Oh, I mean, there's a, there's like a fifth of the shot. I'm going to say a word in one of these, and you're actually just going to know what it is and be able to tell me. In which case, you uh -huh. win a point. If you're correct, I'll just give you a point. <laughs> Why did that feel like, you know, the, the little school, right, the, the lower classes? Like, you get a star on their forehead. That's Bam, essentially what know. it is, yes. Nah, I feel violated. <laughs> if you get it right, I'll get a little, I'll get a board put up at your side of the studio, and we'll just put golden stickers on it for you. There's a little star okay. for you. Yeah. We'll right put there. it right there yeah. for you. Right? Yeah. There, there, there's your encouragement to get one of these right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So... Your word for today is mm -hmm. wolfen, or wolfen, however you want to pronounce it. Wolfen. Wolfen. What does it mean? Define the term for me, Mez. Well, when we're talking about Warhammer, right? Mm-hmm. Wolfen. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it might be, it is either a trick... Or, no, how can it be a trick? I don't know. Uh, it, <laughs> it actually means seagulls. <laughs> I think it has something to do with the space wolves, okay. as I like to call them. Uh huh. Wait, I like the sound of that. Okay, though. Uh huh. You're, I like you're, the sound you're, of that you're barking up the right tree so far. Can I just ask? Is it a weapon? Oh, sorry. Is it a? It's a tangible thing. Is it, it a yes, tangible it, thing? It's a tangible thing. Yes, definitely. Uh, hmm. In terms of a weapon, uh. It is, I guess, a weapon as much as the rubric was a weapon. You know how we got to that in the last episode where we are like, in a way, it was never intended to be, but I mean, it does kill things, so yeah. Similar thing. Mm. Similar concept. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, is it a person? Yes. Am I right? Y yes. Is it a space wolf? Like an important character? No, it's not like a named individual character per se. So it's... Wait, hold on, hold on. I might be onto something here. So wait, hold on. Is it, is it some kind of some kind of soldier type, whatever, you know, Warhammer style, right? In a way, uh, yes. It's, it's, it's like a form of space wolf. So I'm kind of right. You're kind of right. Where's my star? No, no, I'm wanting to see if you can get right to the heart of the matter. Oh, I think I've done well up, up until then. However, you the word is very have. saying. It's very saying the whole word with wolfen, with space wolves. That's the first thing that popped up in my head. Oh, yeah. I, I wasn't trying to trick you this time or anything. I was going with a nice easy one. Ah. I, you know, I, I'll, 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 I'll just say, Yeah. <laughs> 
You don't know how to progress from here, do you? No, I don't. Ah. That's fine. That is fine. Oh. Okay, you know what? You know what, right? I, I'm going to give you that one. You've earned your star this time, Mez. Give, give me half of a star, right? No, no, Next I'll, time I'll, I'll, I'll give you the star for this one. I feel like I feel like you were, you were getting pretty close to the heart of the matter. Uh, but obviously... Uh. As we've discussed, this will now turn up in this episode and you will get the full explanation of what it is. So we are talking about the Space Wolves, essentially. We today, are talking right? about the Space Wolves, yeah. You got that one right <laughs> off the bat. There is no messing around there. So today, as we've just sussed out, we are talking about Space Wolves. And yes. you know that I love me some Space Wolves, right? Yes. And they are our people. They are based off of our cultures. This is a fact. This yes. Is so I mean, I feel like they're a good they're a good match for us, you know. Uh, yeah. You know what? Right? You want to know how good these people are? There's even a game. Right? There is a Space Wolves video game just called Space Wolf. Were you serious? Yeah. There's a picture of it. Huh. Oh. <laughs> I, think it, I, I think it's <laughs> from like 2012 or something. I think it's a fear or 2015 or something. Uh, I don't believe it was received particularly well. I think this was back in the era where we could not get a good Warhammer game to save ourselves. Well, Dark Side would. Nah, the thing is, there there was a there was a long period in Warhammer history where a, a fair number of games were made, and most of them were were reviewed as subpar, for lack like of a luster. better way of saying it. Yeah. Like there, there was one Dawn of War two, which I think was like the best of that era because it was like mm-hmm. a, it was a real time strategy game. You built a base, you built armies, you fought, uh, which was quite good. I, I played it. I played it before I even knew what forty k was. I thought it was just like Command and Conquer, but with aliens mm. and shit. So I was into yeah. it. So yeah, I think that was one of the ones that stood out as being pretty good that people tended to like. But I think otherwise there was like a whole era of Warhammer games that were seen as pretty terrible. <laughs> and I think this may have been part of it. I could be wrong, though. Feel free to tell me I'm wrong in the comments. I would like to learn. I would like to know. <laughs> I, I'm not up to date with the gaming, like the game history <laughs> of this, to be honest with you. But we're, we're in like quite a golden era for 4AK, or for Warhammer in general, video games. Uh, there's been the whole trilogy of Total War Warhammer games, which are based on fantasy, which have... Yeah. We've all been really good as far as I've been concerned. Uh, then we had Dark Tide, which launch was a bit questionable, but it has improved. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you play Dark Tide? I do. I do play it once in a while, yeah. You do? I, I, I played it at release, which obviously we tried to stream it at release, but the game, it, yes. the game was a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare at the time. Uh, yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of like Left 4 Dead style like asymmetric horde games. I'm not a massive fan of that particular game type. Uh, but yeah. I liked what I had at the start. It just didn't work particularly well. So I took a break from it for a while, like for months, so that they could get a bunch of patches in and stuff like that. And now yeah. there's been like whole overhauls to major systems and things. And it works a lot better now. It is genuinely improving quite a lot. So I do quite enjoy it now. I don't grind a massive amount of time in it because, again, I don't particularly enjoy the game style. But once in a while, you're just like, what do I want to play? Game what? I just want to murder some stuff. And you're like, that'll do. What's the dark tie? Yeah. Let's do some horde physics. But do you know what I'm actually a big fan of? What's that? That one viewer, one of our viewers, 
watching our stream for such a long time when we streamed that game actually just oh, quick shout yeah. out yeah and i'm sorry I, i'm not gonna go on a whole thing but shout outs and i'm sorry uh, steer back to the conversation right <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get that whole gaming chat there anyway space wolves man space wolves <laughs> that's what we're talking about right that's why we're here uh, yes sir <laughs> so as i mentioned the point of this season is going to be taking us from horace heresy era and giving you the knowledge you need for us to talk about modern day stuff. Yes. Because right? that's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to the point of telling you about the modern day of 40k. You know, what's actually going Actually getting to 40k. <laughs> so far, yeah. we've spent too much time around 30. So we're going to try and fill you in on the middle ground for the Space Wolves. Because obviously, they're still around. So something had to happen in the middle. <laughs> yep. Uh, unfortunately, there isn't, like, a lot of mass drama that goes on with the Space Wolves. Like, the Thousand Suns had the rubric and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. the Dark Angels have the Fallen to deal with, things like that. Which we'll get to the Fallen when we get to the Dark Angels episode. Which, by the way, when I sat down to write down the notes for this, I thought it was for the Dark Angels, so I wrote half of the wrong notes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I know. But there's a reason we're doing Space Wolves at this stage. So... Uh, there are a few kind of... You could argue all day long about what is considered a major event and what isn't, but I've boiled it down to a few major events that need to be covered, right? Mm -hmm. Or not necessarily major events, but major kind of story sections that we need to mention, right? Because yeah. we've obviously covered like what happens in the heresy with Ross and everything, and Ross's disappearance and so on and so forth. But there's a few other parts, like there is the Curse of the Wolfen that we need to mention, because we haven't really mentioned it at all. Uh, there is the Lost 13th Great Company and uh, the Wolf Brothers, which we did mention in Season 1. We did mention the Wolf Brothers, but we're going to kind of look at it again just so it's kind of fresh in your mind. Uh, we can also I... use it as a way to discuss some other things. Yes? The Curse of the Wolfen. Yes. I just clocked that. Is that is that kind of like a transition thing from one thing to another? Yeah, it is, yeah. Wait, so I kind of uncovered. Yeah. Just continue, Ryan, but uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah. No, no, definitely one of my gold star. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're getting gradual hints before we get there. Oh, yeah. Now, so those are like three stories that we're definitely going to look at. But before mm -hmm. that, there is one bit I want to kind of, I want to kind of do first because I thought it'd be a fun section, right? Because in the last episode, we kind of used it as a way to introduce Araman, where we did like Magnus storylines so to expand the chapter or expand the Legion a bit, sorry, but also yeah. introduce Araman as such an important character because he's a really important character in the modern day, right? But yep. we don't really have that for the Loyalist Legions. So actually, what I thought I would uh, what I thought I would start this one off with was actually telling you the recruitment process for the Space Wolves. I thought that might be a fun way to start this. Yeah. So the kind of thing you might go through being a, an aspirant to the Space Wolves, the kind of the general process, because I feel like it gives you a better understanding of what the Legion is actually like built of when you see yeah. what these people like the people that end up in it. So. We're going to begin with going through this kind of recruitment process, right? And the first thing is obviously you are you have to be born on Fenris, right? That's that's step one, 
right? Yeah. Which means that you're immediately not off to an amazing start in life. Like, I'll show you. Like, that's a Kraken on Fenris, right? Like, this is the place you have to be born. So you're not off to an amazing start in life, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think I said this last time. I, this wouldn't be my <laughs> destination for a holiday. You know? No, it's not an nope. ideal situation, is it? Nah. No. So you'll be born here, and you'll be born into one of like the Fenrisian tribes, right? Because you got to remember, the people of this world are still tribal. They never the when the emperor arrived, Ross's like one rule was you don't uplift this world. They stay as they are. So they're still like wandering nomadic tribes, desperate for survival on this hellscape of a planet. So you yeah. have to be born into one of them. <laughs> yeah. And you'll the kind of the first thing you'll actually learn as like a newborn baby is not to cry. Because if you do when you make, like, the sound of crying, the cold is so strong that it will basically tear the air from your lungs. Oh. So, Fenrisian babies don't cry, <laughs> interestingly, and that's why, because it's too cold to justify it. Damn. Yeah, that's that's the, why these people are the way they are. You're born not even being able to cry. The place is so horrible. Like God, that's it must why be they're all like stoic. It must be, yeah. You, although there is also the side of it where like you wouldn't know if there was a problem because <laughs> the baby yeah, wouldn't tell you. That's <laughs> that in itself issue. is a problem. <laughs> That's like yeah. paranoia turned up to eleven. Like I'd be yeah. paranoid about my newborn baby, regardless. If it's crying a lot, at least I know it's like alive. If it just stops making any sound, I would be terrified. Just like checking it every five minutes. <laughs> Have to do yeah. shifts with your with your partner and just like stare at it while it's asleep to make sure it's still alive. It'd be horrible. <laughs> Anyway, creepy babies aside, creepy non-crying babies aside. So, yes, sir. Th this is the start of your life, right? You grow up on this planet, and as you grow up as part of this kind of moving tribe, you're protected by your parents and the rest of the tribe, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but they obviously have to migrate constantly as the seasons change so that they don't get, you know, uh, killed by, like, ice shifts or volcanoes or anything, because this planet is a nightmare. And you grow up, you learn to fight, you learn to hunt, because these are necessary skills as a young man on Fenris, right? Mm -hmm. And once you get to, like, you know, like, like teenager kind of age, like, you're still very young, you have obviously grown into a strong young man with great skill, so you join the hunting pack. So whenever the yeah. tribe needs to get food, you're part of the group that goes out hunting, you and the other men. And that's great. So you develop your skills further. You become a proper warrior, right? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, I'm going to use you as an example here. You're jacked as all hell. So naturally, you pick a big-ass axe as your main weapon, right? As you would. As you would, right? Some people have spears, some people have swords, some people have, like, two daggers or whatever, or, or like, two hand axes. You've just went full-on broad axe, no fucking around. Uh, you could easily fell a tree with it as fast as you can fell a wolf or a man. Nice. <laughs> it's a multi-tool, I'm telling you. I like, it's like it, how, it's good. It's like how everything's a hammer if you can't reach a hammer. 
That's that's straight from my job, I swear to God. Everything's a yeah. hammer if you can't reach a hammer. And even then, some things just make a better hammer than the hammer does sometimes. Bro, I'm telling you. Crowbars make great hammers. Crowbar, yeah. I, I'm looking around, you know, the studio right now to see. I mean, obviously, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, <The laughs> that'd be the first call, but if you can't reach it, a book will do. Yeah, yeah. Or plant pot. Nah, that even, guy even, just uses oh, my space marine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything but the TV, basically, or the laptop. Right. Uh, this that's it's made of adamantium. It's fine. It's, it's <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, circling back to the topic at hand. Yeah, we do so, stray away a lot. Oh, sorry. We uh, do. I'll do it again. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> we were about to stray away about straying away. <laughs> I, we're I, bad at this. How have we made it this far? I have no idea. Just we're four seasons in, we haven't got the handle of this. That's fine. It's good. Uh, right, yeah, back to the point at hand. So, eventually your tribe ends up finding this, like, prime real estate kind of area after one of the season shifts, right? You find this mm. perfect little location, right? It's like an island in the middle of a frozen lake. Great place, very defensible, right? A lot of wild animals that you can hunt. Great location, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, you're immediately on the back foot here because you're playing the defensive. You keep finding scouts from other tribes that are also trying to get this location. And when you find them, your tribe has to kill them, obviously. You can't have people turning up here. But that aside, eventually you do end up running with the rest of your hunting pack in a head-on war against another tribe trying to take your land. Right? Now, yep. this is when things get a bit rough, because now you're in a war, right? Uh-huh. So you, you charge in. First guy you fight, he's got a spear. So he has range on his side, but you're stronger than he is. You're bigger than he is. So you wait, you bide your time, you dodge past his attack, you body him to the ground, and you end them with one swing. Then you charge on further into battle. Mm-hmm. Now, as you're charging through battle, swinging your axe, killing people as you go, you see one of the younger men in your hunting pack, right? He's only just joined. He's a really young kid, right? Mm-hmm. And he's cornered by two men. Without any thought for your own safety, you charge them down to save this young boy. You take a massive slash to your arm. So basically one of your arms is just flopping wild now because it's, it's nigh on fucked, right? Mm-hmm. But with your remaining arm, you're able to kill these, these two men, sending this young boy to safety. And yeah. then you are attacked from behind by one of the other tribe's fighters. And the last mm-hmm. thing you see is this man standing over you as you, you know, your eyes fade to darkness and you think you're going to the All-Father's site. Yeah. Right? Now... You then wake up unexpectedly with another man looking over you. This is one of the wolf priests of the Space Wolves. Yeah. Right. Now, what has happened here is that this wolf priest has been watching the battle. He has seen your incredible act of heroism and has recovered you from the battlefield to take you in as an aspirant to the Legion. You are exactly the kind of man they need. This is okay. not the only way they would recruit. This is a way they would pick recruits. They would pick people who 
are extremely skilled in battle, show extreme heroism, or many other things. Or they would just turn up at a tribe's little, like, camp and challenge men to, like, drinking contests or eating contests or whatever else. Just whatever they felt like. Right? Yeah. Sometimes it was, like, replicating Russ's uh, challenges against the Emperor. That's why it's drinking and eating and stuff like that. Or just a battle. Right? Obviously, this dude's always going to win against a baseline human. But if they put up a good enough fight, you're like, ah, you'd be a good one ass. come on. Yeah, but sometimes they'll just pick you up off the battlefield and go, "You're coming with me." <laughs> <laughs> so you are now an aspirant to this legion, right? First mm-hmm. things first, you have to undergo basic training, right? So you do this under one of the sergeants. So you undergo typical soldiery basic training, weapons and like fitness drills and all this kind of stuff, combat drills, learn how to fight properly, these kind of things, right? Yeah. Now, you then, once you've completed your basic training, it kind of goes to a bit of a new stage where you're, it looks like you're going to actually become a space marine at this point, or at least you're going to be given the chance to properly become a space marine now that you've completed your training. But you are still just an aspirant, right? You're not even like a recruit yet, technically. So this whole training thing ends with you being taken into like the deep, dark kind of bowels of the Fang, which is obviously the Space Wolves Fortress Monastery, which is in yeah. a mountain called the Fang. Uh, and you're taken to a, to a set of gates way in the kind of like the bottom dark trenches of this place, which are uh, the gates of Morkai. Right? Mm-hmm. Morkai is... It's a weird one, uh, they kind of refer to Morkai as, like, the Death Wolf. It's kind of like Fenrir, uh, Fenrir in a Viking mythology. Yeah. Right? So, like, if if you feel like you're going to die soon, in, like, an omen kind of sense, like, death is following you, you can say that, like, Morkai is stalking you. Things like that. Morkai is used as just, like, a reference to death in their kind of terminology. Yeah. Just so you know. But he's he's viewed as this giant wolf. So it is basically just Fenrir from Viking mythology. So, you're taken to the gates of Morkai, way in the sub-basement of this place. And you're ordered to pass through the gates. When you do, you are tempted by every one of the Chaos Gods with anything they can imagine, right? Yeah. And if if you fall to temptation, they'll basically just put a bolt through your head. And that'll be you done with, because you're going to become a chaos wanker right then and there, right? I was going to say chaos marine, and then I realised you're not a marine yet, so you're just a wanker. <laughs> I was just, that's just the most Scottish way you could say it. It really was. I default to it sometimes. I apologise. <laughs> it adds to the charm. It's like I like it. Okay, uh, but if you resist the temptation, you are considered to have passed the trial and you move on to the next stage of the kind of final recruitment part, right? Because this is you in your actual, like, final stages to becoming a space wolf, right? Yeah. So the next stage of this is that once you've passed the trial with the gates of Morkai, you are given a... Or you're seen to be free of corruption, basically, if you pass. So you're yeah. allowed to go on to the next stage. Uh so the next stage is you are given a cup to drink from, and it's the cup of the Wolfen, or the cup of Wolfen, right? Is what's referred okay. to as, right? Mm-hmm. And what you drink from it is the first uh, part of the Canis Helix, which is the Space Wolf's gene seed, right? 
So this is like the base part of it. So when you drink from it, it introduces it into your body and you will rapidly start to like adapt to it and kind of become a base level version of a space marine. You get like the genetics of it introduced here. Yeah. Obviously, this is very difficult for the human body to deal with. And a lot of the time it doesn't go very well. But while you're still in the throes of that, they begin the next trial, <laughs> which is okay. the test of Morkai. In which case, what they do is, after you drink from the cup and start getting all genetically mutated into one of these guys, they will take you on a transport, take you really far away from the fang, and yeet you into the snow and tell you to make your own way back. That's your last sure? trial, is to survive getting back to the fang. Basically just abandoned naked in the snow while going through the mutations that turn you into a base level one of these. Are you serious? <laughs> it's proper like Spartan stuff. Like, <laughs> Well, that sounds now, like high school all, all over again for me. But <laughs> if you're going to high school naked, I can see why you might have had problems. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> So, you then have to, like, make your way through this again, but, like, naked and abandoned. Nope. But, nope. but you nope. are now better off than you would have been as a human, because you are, to some degree, a space marine. You're a bit of a space marine. You're, like, 10% of the way there, right? Hey, yo, 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 that's a lot, though. Yeah, you're definitely much better than a base human, right? But you're still struggling with going through the, the like, adapting into it. Right? So it's quite difficult to make the journey back to the fang. But well, also you're dealing with this environment and predators. So like a lot of the yeah, dudes that's just not get, Yeah, a lot of the dudes just get like bitch slapped off a continent by one of these out of nowhere, or like eaten by a wolf or just freeze to death somewhere. Yeah. But if you make it back to the fang, you are welcomed in with open arms by all your new brothers because you're officially a recruit of the space wolves. Ah, how lovely. Right? Wait, are you then a wolfen? No, no. Damn it, I thought I had it. Nah. <laughs> You're not going to be surprised when I tell you what it is, though. It's not going to catch you by surprise at all. You're going to be like, why didn't I think of that? Or you probably have thought of it, but then didn't say it because it sounds stupid. <laughs> but I promise you, nothing is too stupid for this. <laughs> I mean, I have so, some thoughts in my head, but I'm not going to say it because I will sound <laughs> stupid. But you, you continue, right? It's fine. <laughs> I bet one of them is the right answer. But, uh, so after you kind of get back and you're welcomed in, you will then undergo all the kind of surgeries and remaining procedures you need to undergo to become a full-fledged space marine, right? To be, yes. you know, properly taken in by the space voves. Uh, here's a nice picture of them all, just because it looked cool. Yeah. So you'll get like the, you'll get all like the extra organs added in and uh, the black carapace and all that kind of stuff after these trials have all been completed and that's when you become a full-fledged space marine and upon completing yeah. all of that and being a full-fledged member you attain the lowest rank of the space wolves which is a blood claw which is you know like a new recruit but that's like allowed to be in one of the great companies so this is like you know in war the people who set out first to die <laughs> right <laughs> it's, it's not quite like that <laughs> It's not quite fodder. It's more like we need to babysit these ones because they barely know how to walk yet. Ah, so... Yeah, okay, like these yeah, are the yeah, new yeah, guys. Yeah. They they need looked after properly till they so, find their feet. In the military, it's fresh meat, essentially. Essentially, yes. 
Uh, actually, interesting story, right? There's a guy, there's a there's a space wolf who is a blood claw, right? So he is the lowest rank you can be. Uh, yeah. And his name is Lucas, right? He's referred to as Lucas the Trickster. And yeah. he is the oldest living blood claw because he, he's been doing it for hundreds of hundreds of years. I feel bad for him. Well, no, the reason is that he's a total arsehole to everyone. Oh, <laughs> there, no, there's, a, there's a whole thing with him. He's basically designed to be like Loki, right? Like, ah, trickster look, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just this big Raj ginger Viking dude who just causes problems and all of the Jarls hate him and none of them want him to be in their company. <laughs> so he gets traded around all the time and he basically just causes problems. But the funny thing is that he's been doing it for so long that he's like he is much better at being a space wolf than most space wolves are. He's, like, very, very skilled at it, but he's also, like, the lowest rank you can be. But he's, like, the equivalent of having, like, a battlefield general running around, but he's just totally unsupervised because everyone hates him so much. So he just kind of goes off on his own little missions randomly. It's, it's really common that he just adopts another squad of blood claws who are actually new blood claws and is like, all right, pops, you're with me. And then he'll just take them <laughs> off on some random wild goose chase while, like, the actual space wolves are doing the real mission. These guys are just fucking around in the background. I like him, though. I like He's him. a really fun character. I really like him, too. Yeah. Comic relief, <laughs> essentially. Essentially. Uh, he actually... is. Interestingly enough, uh, he only has one heart, because one of them got destroyed, uh, and subsequently he has used the fact that he only has one heart to essentially bitch-slap Magnus. He is Wait, like, he's the only space marine living, as far as I'm aware, who has ever essentially won a fight against Magnus the Red singularly, like singularly, just him. Yeah. He like tricked Magnus and got the upper hand. Huh. But that is a story for another day. And that is modern day, by the way. This dude did this in, like, 40k. Oh, so we're going to come back to this. Like, in this, this is like God-tier right? Magnus, where he's just trying to take oh. over the entire galaxy on his own and God. stuff. And this random ginger space wolf tricks him. It's it great. But yeah, we will do the story of Lucas the Trickster individually, because it's a very good story. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought I'd mention that, since I mentioned Blood Claws. Uh, now, once you're, like, Blood Claw, officially, you will be put into one of the 12 Great Companies, right? So the Legion is made up of, uh, at the top, you have the Great Wolf. So originally it was, uh, originally it would have been Lehman Ross, and then yeah. he would have had uh, a Jarl for each of the 12 Great Companies under him, and then they would all lead their own company, right? Which is, mm. essentially, the Legion is broken up into... 12, you know, armies, all led by one captain, who all answer to the top dog here. Obviously, Ross retired by abandoning them all and left it to Bjorn the Fellhanded to take over as the new Great Wolf, and so on and so forth. So, you would then get, in, uh, get inducted into one of the 12 Great Companies, and you would have a Jarl who would essentially be your captain to give orders. Simple yeah. as. Uh, I'll actually I'll show you how they how they do this. So this is the Grand Annulus, right? 
Uh, it's a big deal. It's like carved in, I believe it's carved into the floor of like their main chamber. And the idea is that the they're all the great companies each have their own sigil and name and stuff. Uh, and obviously there are 12 and then one obsidian slate because there were originally 13. Oh. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think typically what happens when like the Jarls are getting together is they all take the spot on the annulus for their company. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just a ritual thing. But I, I like this image. They, it's quite cool. Then they do a spin the wheel. No. Yeah. I, <laughs> it looks like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> they do a spin the wheel. Whoever it lands on gets Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, funnily enough, they, they fight to see who gets Lucas. The loser of like a Jarl wide tournament uh, has to take him, interestingly. Wait, seriously? Yeah, that's actually how they decide. We'll 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 get into it properly when we do the Lucas episodes. Yeah, yeah. but it's very funny. <laughs> if if you get your ass kicked too much, you just get him as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun times. So that's actually quite nice. That is the general concept of becoming a space wolf, right? That's the idea. So we're going to move on to the first of our kind of extra story bits that we need to cover. The first one is the curse of the wolfen. So oh. we're going to get you're going to get your answer here. Now, right. the curse of the wolfen is kind of it's a storied part of space wolf history, right? Dates all the way back to Russ, right? And right in the early days before there were space wolves, when there was basically just Russ, right? And it begins with the cup of Wolfen. And mm-hmm. it said that the cup belonged to Russ, and he would have his followers drink from it to introduce the Canis Helix to them, the, the start of the gene seed, right? Yeah. And basically, he gathered his followers the first time they were going to make, like, space wolves, right? Mm-hmm. And... The idea was that he was going to get them all to drink from the cup as like an indoctrination ritual into this. And the first man that came forward to do this was named Wolfen or Wolfen, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a thing about him, right? Secretly, deep down in his soul, he was unbelievably jealous of how amazing Russ was and everything he had accomplished. Mm-hmm. Right? Not that he would ever admit it, but when he drank from the cup, the his body didn't adapt to the new genetics properly and it mutated because of the sheer amount of turmoil going on in his soul with all mm-hmm. like with the fact that he was basically being fueled entirely by jealousy and things like that he yeah. mutated and he became a half wolf half man hybrid uh like those those are the wolfen damn yeah so it's like how the Thousand Suns had the flesh change and turned into monsters randomly. Space yeah. wolves can turn into these. But this is not the wolfen, this is the curse of wolfen. Yes, uh, these are referred to as wolfen. These are what okay. we were talking about. They're essentially like like wow. werewolves, for lack of a better term. But they're permanently like this. They're just big mutant werewolf monsters. They are failures. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Uh, you're actually not far off because uh, when the guy first turned into one of them, uh, he attacked Russ in like blind rage, basically, and Russ choked him to death with one hand and then threw his oh. corpse to the ground and announced to all the rest that were present that any who were not worthy would follow him and become Wolfen. Yeah. 
so essentially it is a curse of wolfen is failures mistaken like uh, mistakes right yeah a, a failed transformation but also i would like to add ryan <laughs> Russ choked him with one arm like he couldn't be bothered nah, he just grabbed him grabbed the short one hand just choked him <laughs> and then threw him aside like he was bro, nothing bro could be bothered to use two hands but like <laughs> well the other hand probably uh, had the cup in it he didn't want to spill <laughs> nah that's just the flex at that point yeah it's it like you're nothing right? <laughs> 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 I like that uh, detail yeah it's pretty good isn't it so yeah he announced everyone there this is this is what happens if you're not worthy. And then he was like, look, any of you can leave now. You don't have to do this. But no yeah. one left, and they all underwent the ritual. And those that survived, and, you know, it went properly, became the mm-hmm. first Space Wolves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it would be the first Fenrisian Space Wolves, because, mind you, all the legions already existed in the galaxy. They were just made on Terra. Yeah. So this was this was the introduction to it from Fenrisians. Yeah. Just so you know. Uh, so this kind of like this mutation obviously does turn them into this, but it doesn't only happen at that kind of first stage. So it can happen as soon as you drink from the cup. It can happen when you're struggling to live, try and make your way back to the fang afterwards, or it can just happen randomly if like just if the warp decides to mess with your genes. So if you were, say, a normal space wolf and you got sent into the Eye of Terror for something, being yeah. in the Eye of Terror could cause this. So, essentially... So you're, you're never safe. That's what I meant. You're always at risk of turning. Yeah. Yep. It's the biggest risk to the space wolves. It's just turning into these randomly. And Actually, when it happens, this kind of a death sentence... Yes, because cool. uh, interestingly, the only known cure for it is a bolter to the head. <laughs> it's fairly permanent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. Th- this actually allows me to finally throw out one of like my my theories that I would love to see about like the future of 40k. I would love to see Russ come back from the Eye of Terror as a wolfen. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, like, Angron is a gigantic red demon now. So I'm yeah. like, who the fuck's going to kill him? I would love it if just, like, Wolf and Russ came out of nowhere, like John Cena, on the same level of, like, monster state and just leathered him. But if that happened, though, the Wolfen would get a whole new... Yeah. No, it, uh, yeah. It would me. change their thoughts on them, yeah. Yeah, but, they would get a whole new uh, perception of like w- what they stand for, what they are. So it's not going to be a f- failure anymore. It's going to be more as to closer you know, to the prime mark be... now. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it would be a cool way to do it because he did he did disappear into the eye of terror to hunt down his famous yeah. like traitorous brothers. So I'm like, if he's been in the eye of terror this whole time, it would be fucking awesome that when he comes back, he's one of these because then you'd have like a whole dynamic of like. Gilliman's in charge, but barely because he has to like bow to the religious side of everything, which he doesn't believe in and personally hates. But he's got to like yeah. balance the bureaucracy with his own beliefs. He can't turn against the church blind, like outright, because then the Imperium will turn against him. Yeah. So if Russ came back, he would again have to balance uh, 
like protecting his brother from like from the Imperium and protecting the Imperium from like its own belief system, basically, which I feel like would be a cool storyline as well. Yeah, because you could just try to hide him away, but then you're like, how do you even do that? How do you use him as a as an asset while also hiding him from anyone that can't find out about him or anything like that? It'd be cool. It would be a cool storyline. Yeah. But now that I've mentioned the Wolfen, I can finally tell you that I would like that to happen. <laughs> so yeah. that's what the Wolfen are. Hi, <laughs> hi. We're now going to mention. Though. I was close. You weren't far off, honestly. You were getting down the right track. Yeah. I think I think the thing that held you back is that you didn't want to get too ridiculous with it and say werewolves. But they're basically werewolves. And instead of them turning at moonlights, they turn with, you know, the gene seed. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's close, though. I'll take the star. Yeah, you're getting the star, don't worry. So the next thing to kind of mention is uh, the 13th Great Company, the Lost Company. Uh, that blacked out slate that doesn't yes. have its symbol or anymore. So yes. there were 13 great companies, right? Each with their own Jarl and their own kind of army, per se. And they were around right up until the burning of Prospero. So all 13 companies were actually on the ground at Prospero fighting Magnus and his Thousand Sons. Yeah. But after it was all said and done and the Thousand Sons all disappeared with their magical bullshit... Uh, a large section of the 13th Great Company never appeared again. They were just gone. No one could find any sign of them, including their Jarl, who was just... They were all just gone, right? But the remains of the of the company basically just ran into the Eye of Terror after the burning of Prospero. Yeah. There is some rumour as to why they did this. Some people would say that they were doing it to hunt down Magnus and his, th- and his sons, to put an end to them once and for all. Right? Mm-hmm. There is some rumours that Russ ordered them to do it, uh, to hunt down Abaddon and kill him, since he had just taken up... Uh, no, sorry, that was after the Horus Heresy. It said that they were ordered to go in uh, to hunt down either Magnus or Abaddon. Sorry, I forgot. There's a distinction here, sorry. A bunch of them disappeared at the burning of Prospero. The rest of them survived to the end of the heresy and then disappeared into the Eye of Terror. That was unclear the first time I said that. But the reasoning (laughs) is either that they went to hunt down Magnus and the Thousand Sons or that they were ordered by Rust to go kill Abaddon, who had now taken over as the War Master instead of Horus. So, but no one really knows for sure why they did it. Those are just two of the kind of rumoured reasons, right? But yeah. no one ever found out where the rest of them went back at the burning of Prospero. Obviously, a lot of people thought they just died, but it, it included their Jarl, uh, Bolvai, and they would find the bodies, but they didn't find any bodies. So they're like, eh. <laughs> Interestingly, they were never heard from again, right? No one ever knew what happened to them for thousands upon thousands of years. But randomly, one or two of them would just turn up somewhere in the galaxy and space wolves would go out and like get them and bring them back and yeah. they would have no idea what had been going on 
they would basically, it would seem like they had essentially skipped from whenever they disappeared to whenever they were found in time, and they knew nothing about what happened in the middle, so they could never fill in the gaps. Huh. Yeah. Really weird. It's one of like the great mysteries of this, of this uh, legion. But yeah. there are two very interesting separate storylines here. Uh, one about the ones that disappeared on Prospero, one about the rest of them that disappeared into the warp. And we mm. will cover them both in the future because they're modern day stuff. Or modern hey. Let's go. So we're, we're setting up storylines here, man. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the last part that I want to mention is the Wolf Brothers, right? Now, mm-hmm. this is an important thing, right? So this takes place after the Horus Heresy, once Gilliman's in charge, right? As we've mentioned, he he brings in a bunch of rules about how the legions have to be broken up into chapters now, right? Which causes Mm -hmm. the second founding, which is when all the first founding legions turn into chapters. Uh, And we've obviously discussed how a lot of the Primarchs felt about that or the fact that the Imperial Fists faked doing that, stuff like that. Uh, sorry, yes, aye. Uh, but the Space Wolves, Ross didn't really agree with it, but he did try to go along with it. But it didn't work. He wasn't mm-hmm. able to do a second founding, which is why there are actually no successor chapters from the Space Wolves. Yeah. It's a simple enough concept. Make new chapters and send them out. The thing is, when they made the new chapters, uh, the, the the chapter they made was called the Wolf Brothers, right? It was the first, second founding chapter. And it was part of a plan called the Sons of Rust. It was like a project that, that the Space Wolves were going to do. The idea was they were going to make a bunch of new homeworlds in a circle around the Eye of Terror. Each one of them would have a successor chapter, which would... Uh, which would cause them to have like essentially a gate around the eye of terror so nothing could get out without being ravaged by space wolves yeah great plan so they made the first of these uh, these uh chapters the wolf brothers and what they did was they went right we're going whole hull with this so they gave them half of their fleet like of starships half their equipment half their troops half of everything right and mm-hmm. sent them out to go to their new home world. Now, this is when the problems turn up, which is basically right away. <laughs> Shortly after they were kind of first sent out, it was realized that they were massively more unstable in their genetics than the original Legion had been. And they very quickly started to see a massive uprising of the Wolf and Curse. And basically most of the chapters are succumbed to it. And then yeah. the Inquisition found out and the Wolf Brothers were exterminated. Oh god. There are a few random pockets of survivors that still kick around and turn up for story reasons. But for lack of a better explanation, they were wiped out. Damn. So since that point, the Space Wolves have never even attempted to make a successor chapter again. Because no. this will happen again. Uh, but because the Codex Astartes is in place and they do have to be broken up into chapters because 
Gilliman says so. Uh, <laughs> if you ask anyone, or if anyone asks a space wolf, uh, like say an Inquisitor or some kind of Imperial official was to get the chance and ask a space wolf why they aren't broken up into chapters, they would be like, oh no, we are, there's 12 of us. And it's because they pretend for the sake of imperial governance and, you know, not getting hassled by the Inquisition that uh, every one of the great companies is actually an individual chapter of the second founding. <laughs> Luckily, the fact that they are great companies has been lost to history. So no one even remembers they weren't. That was what the Legion was to begin with. So they basically yeah. just lied and said they did it. <laughs> Fake it till they make it. Yeah. Ah, absolutely incredible way to do things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I have another picture of the wolf in here. Yeah, there you go. There's another one. Oh god. Yeah. That ace. <laughs> they are pretty cool because you got to remember a lot of them turn while they're already full fledged space marines. So like, yeah. I love the idea of like some say like a little squad of space marines gets caught or uh, sorry, of space wolves gets cornered by some chaos forces and they start throwing magic at them or something. And then they all just mutate into these guys. You're like, I've suddenly made my own enemy ten times stronger, and I regret everything I've done. And then you're yeah. just ripped apart by werewolf space marines. <laughs> yeah. It's like, imagine being a chaos cultist with like a little bit of magic, and then you cause that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, like, that's can, a bad I don't thing. think you can get to your own gun to put yourself out of your own misery before it starts fast enough. Yeah. Like, I think I'd throw myself off a bridge or something first before that got me. I feel like the only difference between that and a normal one is a normal space wolf is that this will not kill you quickly. Uh Yeah, I feel like this is like be like chewing your arms off and stuff. Yeah, or like chewing your leg, you know. Uh, it looks like the kind of creature that'd rip your own arm off and then beat you with it. <laughs> uh, it just it looks like that, doesn't it? It kinda, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit of like a, a, a brutality to it. Like it would just pin you down, rip your arm off, and hit you with it. Yeah. But, yeah. that sets us up nicely for getting into uh, Space Wolves in the 40th millennia. Yeah. So, I think you can round us out for today. Well then, I will be looking forward to, uh, well, bringing this up later as well. Like, there's a oh, lot, yeah. lot of stuff we can, we can unravel with this, but... I guess that oh, is yeah. it for us for, for today. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of Iterators of the Imperium Podcast Season 4. It's been me, Mess, and of course, the best narrator in the world, Ryan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wildly questionable statement. I just gave you a big title there, by the way. You did. <laughs> but you do, you do, you know, you do, you do walk the walk and talk the talk. Oh, sorry, all the way around. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Take care and peace. Bye. <laughs>